Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Seventy-five, seventy-five. I'm Scott Gibson. Show. I am Scott Gibson. Uh, welcome back, dear listener. How are you? Safe and well. I hope. Uh, thanks for coming, tuning in for another week. Uh, if you are watching on the uh, YouTube, then uh, you know. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, like and subscribe, as the kids say. Smash that bell, whatever the name of fuck that means. Um, we are now uh, almost in April. We are we are rat- we are rattling through. Uh, lockdown at a rate of knots. I mean, the government is running out of months. They're running out of months to keep us locked in for. So here we are, um, well past the calendar year now, uh, quickly approaching into our 18th month, two years, six, 16 days, captain's log, 25,000 days of lockdown. It uh, feels horrendous. There is, there is hope for us all, especially the good people of Scotland, um, where there's Pod, uh, podcast is broadcast from. Um, it seems as if uh, the bold Nicola, in, in desperate attempts to not only claw onto power but also popularity, uh, because obviously we've got the uh, Scottish uh, parliamentary elections coming up in May, won't that be a fucking shit show? Um, it says here that Scotland uh, is to lift the stay at home order. Now, uh, I, like many of you, will, uh, will know first hand, that the uh, the stay-at-home order has been a pile of fucking shite 
and a lot of nonsense. Uh, I'm sure I've spoken about it before, uh, either on this podcast or the Sunday service. There is a there is a flat, an apartment. I mean, it's a flat. It's a council fucking house. And uh, I mean, old school council house as well. Uh, it's a block filled to the brim of junk bags and uh, scumbags. So classic uh, council property. Um, literally every weekend, and I'm talking weekend. I mean Friday and Saturday night. I don't mean part time kid on parties. I'm talking old school, 80s council estates, right? I mean, serious, a, a real, really sticking to the graft of being a fucking scumbag. Saturday night, through Saturday night, into early Sunday morning, a house party every fucking weekend. They've done it every weekend for, I'd say, at least the last month, if no longer. Certainly the last month that I have noticed the noise, the uh, the junkies in the street, Horrendous. Has it happened to them? Has it? Fuck! Now, if you were to go and attend a, a mass gathering organising somewhere to protest the police, I imagine far more would be done in a in much more aggressive manner. So, when when they say things like the, um, the lockdown order is going to be lifted in Scotland, what that means is normal, decent people who have conducted themselves well during lockdown, you will now be uh, allowed to possibly return to a life that many other scumbags have been living since the very beginning. The, the, the biggest fear of this is, because of the way that our media works, it will only ever allow you the things that it really wants you to, to see or to, or to understand. Now, obviously, there are some of us who may get our news from different outlets, may seek out different information, seek out new places, may try and get information from other sources. So you will be well informed and you'll understand that currently France is going through its third wave. Paris is still locked down. Germany is on the brink of going back into a third national lockdown as they are dealing with what they claim to be their third wave of the virus. I'm telling you right now, if you can get a haircut in April, get it in April. Because the chances are you'll never get one again at Christmas. If, if we go back into a third lockdown, and I'm being very selfish here, if I do not start my tour in September, I want there to be a revolution on the fucking streets. We need to start burning stuff down, man. That's, we need to start burning stuff down. I can't, I can't even... I can't even get the idea into my head... That this is just that this will just continue on. You know? It's fucking hell. Anyway, so article here. Um Scotland State Home Rule will be lifted this Friday, which will be the second uh, of April. Um and replaced by a stay local message from Nicola Sturgeon. I mean even 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 a year down the line, we're still using government speak, if you like, you know. The stay-at-home order, it's now going to be replaced by a stay-local, you know, stay-local. What does local mean? What does low? Because this is the thing, anything that can be interpreted differently by another person is far too vague. And we are too far down the fucking line to continue on with this shite. I mean, I've, I've, I've said it since day one, the, the only way to deal with anything in a modern civilised society is extreme violence, that is it, 
How did China get back to normal life within three months? Because they lifted people off the street and turned them into sandbags. That's how it's done. If I swear to God, if we go back in a third lockdown, I'm going to crack up, man. We, we need to just get ex, like, SEN. Who are all these fucking ex-army guys that were trained up by the British military that then went off to the fucking, the Saudis and the Emirates and out in the fucking Bora Bora Mountains earning big money running a private army? Get the fuckers back. Get them back. Get them a transit van with fucking... I put a rap run it. Fucking COVID death squad. Get a transit van, put some black fucking paint on it, write COVID death squad, and get the cunts going run the fucking streets. And if they see a house party, the door gets in and everybody gets a bolt gun at the forehead. That's how we fucking start dealing with stuff. And I know that this is joking because it's a comedy podcast and I'm a comedian, but I'm, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm on to something here. It's the only way, man. See, listen, see if this is now going to be life, right? If life is now, every couple of years we're going to get another pandemic, then we've we tried it this way, right? We tried it the kind of developed West where we allow scientists and blah, day, blah, day, blah, right? And it didn't fucking work because it went on for too long. All right. So see the next pandemic, the next thing that escapes from a lab that fucking wipes out a million people. The next time that happens, right? Here's how the timeline works. Monday, somebody dies. Tuesday, it's confirmed. Oh no, it's COVID 2.0. Wednesday, lock your doors. Wednesday, you lock the doors. Alright? You get two weeks to get your provisions in. A fortnight, two weeks on Wednesday, provisions in. And then from that point on, if you are seen on the street... If you are out with your bubble, you get a fucking bullet to the brain. <laughs> I'm a breaking point, man. I'm a breaking point. Here's my fears. Here's my worries, right? Because we share our worries in this podcast. My worries are that we, the average person, the average citizen of the United Kingdom, of Scotland, of, of England, and... I mean, don't let's not get started in the Welsh. Good God. Um, the average person, you know, the tabloid reading, uh, Wotherspoon's uh, drinker, you know, I'm at table 14, girls, you know what to do? They kind of cunts, right? They are the ones who are going to lead us to destruction. <laughs> you know, like in most countries, they talk about the 1%. And they talk about, like, the 1% of society that controls the wealth. I mean, realistically, in Scotland, our 1% is not the issue. Because our 1% is, like, aristocracy, you know? Or, if anybody makes anything in Scotland, like, if you make any money in Scotland, what is the first thing you do? You leave Scotland! If you have any success whatsoever, whether it be in the arts, whether it be in your chosen field... You know, any industry, if you make any success as a Scottish person, the very first thing you do is you get the fuck out of Scotland. So our problem isn't the 1%. Our problem is, like, the 60% who think that the fucking daily record in the sun is a valid place to get your news. It's £2.10 a pint in there. Dippity-doo-dah. 
They're not coming over here to take our jobs. That's what it says in the sun. That's our problem. And these people lead us to destruction because what's going to happen is we're going to ease the, the tension, we're going to ease the restrictions, and then everybody's going to be in the park and everybody's going to be boozing and they're going to be running the house and then it's fucking going to be COVID through the roof and uh, nobody's going to be getting vaccinated and then the second vaccine will not work and then you'll need to get a top up and then that's not going to work and it's all going to kick off. If I hear one more person moan about, what if I can't get a summer holiday? Can I get a summer holiday, Sandra? You and Franco, you need to stay home for another year. What are you going to do? I mean, where are you going to go anyway? Tormelinos? Tenerife? Fortaventura. I'm sure the fucking people of Torremolinos or Benidorm are quite happy to have another summer without having to figure out what the fuck a black pudding is to appease you fucking absolute Neanderthal bastards. See if I don't get to Benidorm this year, Franco, I'm going to fucking blow a gasket. Oh, man. Article goes on. Let's get back to the actual news, shall we? Um. First Minister also announced that hairdressers and barbers across the country can reopen from Monday as restrictions are eased. Well, thank God for that, eh? Thank God for that! I mean, you've got to ask yourself, why is it important for the hairdressers to be opening the barbers? Because a fucking mortician can't cut hair. That's why. They can put a suit on you that your family left out, but a mortician can't cut hair. It can fill you to the fucking brown wind barman fluid. It'll be running at your nose, it'll sew your asshole up so you don't leak into the coffin. But they need to open the hairdressers so you can all get your fucking hair done and you can get your hair cut and your beard trimmed and then you can all fuck off to the park and you have a massive fuck. We're having a gangbang, we're having a ball and you all have a drink in the park and you all get COVID and then you're all dead and it's easier for them because a fucking mortician can't cut hair. So let's make sure we open the hairdressers. It's the first thing we should do. It's the first thing we should do. Scottish government revealed its roadmap out of lockdown earlier this month, uh, but but said it was dependent on deaths and cases falling. <sighs> Announcing restrictions could be lifted as planned, Miss Sturgeon said, we have seen progress in terms of the suppression of the virus. We're now averaging 539 new cases per day. That is a decline of more than three quarters since January. The number of deaths is now more than 80% uh, in the past two months. Sorry, the number of deaths is down by more than 80% in the past two months. The number of people in hospital uh, is also reducing. SNP leader said the country still faces significant risks and asked people to act cautiously and carefully uh, as they enjoyed their first taste of freedom. I mean, see if you... I mean, obviously, the, the great man's no longer here. See if you're Nelson Mandela, right? Let's just say you're Nelson Mandela, okay? My first test of freedom, you know? Oh, you're another, you're another one that was locked up with the bug Nelson. Oh, you're just a run-of-the-mill criminal, right? You're just a normal guy. Or woman. Women are criminals as well. And you, you, you're out of Berlin or any other prison, you know? And you're, you're comparing yourself to the situation that cunts have faced in the last 14 months in lockdown. It's our first taste of freedom. Get a grip, man. This is it. We're starting to paint this picture as if lockdown has been hard. Lockdown has been brutal. It's been brutal on our mental health. It has been brutal on a lot of people financially. 
But let's put it into perspective here. We've been sitting in our house. We've all got fucking broadband. We've we've worked our way through Netflix. Right? Deliveroo's fucking floating on the stock market now, for God's sake, because I've got Mohammed going up and doing two flights of stairs three days a week. Let's all just take a step back a wee bit. Our first test of freedom. <laughs> Honest to God, man. I'm I'm just getting today today was probably today was probably the wrong day to record. Today was the wrong day to record. I'm just I'm just getting angry now. I tried my very best. See the start of the year I did the whole thing. Let's let's just bring positive energy into my life. Breathe in the negativity, breathe out the positivity, and it worked maybe for about two and a half hours. I'm not gonna lie, probably two hours at a push, and even eight hours were a struggle. Now I'm at the point where I'm just fucking sick of every cunt. I'm sick of Boris. I'm sick of Sturgeon. I'm sick of the Scottish Government. I'm sick of everything. Nothing's worked, really. Nothing's worked. I, I read an article the other day where we should apparently be, uh, once COVID is all done across uh, mainland Europe, we should all be looking at uh, Iceland. And we should be sitting down looking at their roadmap to recovery and discussing how Iceland have dealt with the with the issues because apparently the first thing that Iceland did was they, hand, uh, they handed over all decision-making powers to the country's scientists. So politicians were not involved in the decision-making process other than to relay the suggestions from the scientific community to the public in order how to combat COVID. Now let me just say this to you. Iceland is about the size of a small village in Scotland, right? It's not like when, when things go on and you go, how is it Iceland have done this? Because Iceland's got five fucking people on it. Three of which are puffins. So let's, again, let's all just calm down a bit. <laughs> fucking, fucking hell. Um, Miss Sturgeon told the press briefing, the stay-at-home rule is being replaced uh, for the next three weeks, uh, at least with a requirement to stay local. That means the current travel restrictions... Uh, which prevent non-essential travel outside your own local authority area will remain in place for another three weeks. I fully understand how frustrating that is for everybody. I share that frustration like many of you. My family live in a different local authority to the one I live in. And so like anyone who, anyone with loved ones in a different part of the country, I desperately want to see them in person. It comes after the stay-at-home rule was lifted in England on Monday. Restrictions in scores of people flocking. Restrictions, res- sorry. What do you mean? Let's just calm down, Gibbo. Right? Let's just calm down. It's just, it's just you, big man, doing a podcast. Let's just calm down, okay? I know you. Hey, I am you. I can feel you getting off flustered. Let's just calm down. We're getting so angry we can't read. Let's just calm down. It comes after the stay-at-home rule uh, was lifted in England on Monday, resulting in scores of people flocking to parts to enjoy the sunny weather. Barbers and hairdressers won't uh, open until April 12th in England compared to April 5th in Scotland. So no doubt we'll see uh, a mass exodus of Scousers uh, fleeing to the border to get their balance done. Beer gardens in England will open on April 12th, uh, with Scotland confirmed to open on April 26th. Obviously that is all subject to change, although the last couple of days, uh, I, like many of you, will have seen that most uh, pubs, restaurants, uh, different things like that, their their advertising uh, has gone through the roof in the last couple of days, asking you to book up tables and whatnot. Um, again, it feels as if we're going to go from zero to a hundred very fast. It feels like we're going to go from 
being in your house, locked down, nothing open, to literally within you know the space of overnight, 24 hours, we're all going to go back to being jammed inside a beer garden. And I know there will be some kind of social distancing, but within that, there won't be any social distancing. So, God knows. Now, that article did say that, um, unlike Scotland, England is again, uh, is a week ahead, uh, as has been the kind of case throughout this whole lockdown situation. In my opinion, only my opinion, not actually fact, kind of based on where it's an opinion. The Scottish government tends to react to the decision by Westminster, and we normally fall into things a week behind them, rather than making our own fucking decisions. Um, so this article, which was taken from the Metro, good friends of the Metro, uh, Shan Elvin has written this article, and this was uh, released uh, today, this morning. And the headline is, Fights uh, break out as hundreds of drinkers gather to celebrate lockdown freedoms. Now, if that headline doesn't give you a little bit of hope that normal life is returning to at least England, and us hopefully soon, nothing will. Because let's be honest, if the Westminster government thought that the first thing they would do is say to people, listen, six of you fucking bampots can now get together in a park and get pissed at your tiny fucking skulls, if they didn't think that would end in running battles, then they clearly don't understand their voters. Because I, like many of you, knew this is how it was going to go from the very beginning. I've said it before, I've said it again. There are people who love nothing more than to go on a Friday and Saturday night for a piss-up and a fight. And those fuckers have been lying dormant for 12 13, 14 months, and this is their time to shine. Uh, this article, uh, which I say is from the Metro website, if you ever read it, people were seen throwing punches. Oh, we're back! We're back, baby! People were seen throwing punches in the evening sun as hundreds of drinkers celebrated the easing of coronavirus lockdown measures yesterday. It comes after the government's stay-at-home message was scrapped um, as of this week, uh, coinciding with a three-day-long mini heat wave, which will see temperatures rise up to 24 degrees Celsius. Six people, um, or two full households, are now allowed to meet outside, including in private gardens, for the first time in four months. Most people enjoy drinks with friends in small groups. However, as they headed to parks to meet their newfound freedoms, it uh, appeared some of the reverie went too far and saw social distancing rules being broken now. Now, there's also a lovely video as well on the Metro's website, which you should check out. I don't know if we're allowed to put that stuff on Facebook, because Facebook's going to be a bit kind of, uh, you know, it's going to be a bit uh, kind of, you know, uh, iron fist, still a daring, and that's kind of clamping down on people. Uh, so, if you want to watch the videos, there's a great video of a, a large group of bams having a good old-fashioned scrap, eh? reminiscent of England's time at the World Cup, or the Euros, Yes? Oh, remember those running battles? Plastic uh, deck chairs getting flung through fucking shop fronts. Ah, oh, the streets of Marseille were never the same since. So if you want to watch that, check out. How did they think it was going to go? How did they think this was going to end? You know? I mean, just, just looking at this video, this, this video is playing as I'm talking to you. There's not there's not a single bit of social distancing, but then what, what do you expect? Do you know, but this just goes back to my point. This goes back to my point. You tell people exactly what they have to do. Six of you can gather in a group or two full households can meet in a private garden or in a park. However, social distancing from other groups must remain 
Do you understand? Uh-huh. No, 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 no. Do you understand? Yes, I understand. That's fine. They understand. Let the fucking bams run free. So they go to the local off-license. They don't have a mask on. Hey, you know, sex in a park. So they let them in the shop. Maybe they put their hand over. They lift their jumper up. Maybe they don't even fucking bother. It doesn't matter. They're buying booze. The booze went out a date six months ago. The guy just wants to shift it. He doesn't give a fuck. They get their vodka, their beers, their alcohol pops, whatever Wayne's drink these days. Eh? Floor cleaner? I don't fucking know. They head to the park and they get pished. And then they have a fight because it's the English way. Now, to go back to my earlier point, the old boys, we get them back for the Saudis, we get them back for the Emiratis, we get them back for the Bora Bora Mountains, and we say to the guys, listen, you had some of the finest military training in the land through the uh, the Commonwealth and the British SES, we're now going to put you in a van and you're the COVID death squad. Guess what? You're going to every park in Britain. And if you see people fighting, you fucking take them down. I, I imagine not a single police there, not a single arrest... That's a single public decency order issue. Nothing. <sighs> what is the... F- I mean, these pictures I'm looking at as well, man. It just it just looks like... It looks like a... It almost looks like some kind of university gathering. That's what it looks... Do you know what it looks like? It looks like life before lockdown. That's what it looks like. It just looks like thousands of people gathered in a field. It looks like I'm looking at pictures of a festival. But no, this is less than 24 hours... After restrictions have been lifted, uh, hundreds were seen gathering in the uh, Abertum, no idea, in Nottingham City. Uh, Nottingham City sent out, but the celebrations escalated to violence as drinkers started to shove each other and throw drinks. Video footage shows how many people gathered around. Sh- Why can I not read today? Video footage shows how many how many more people gathered around to watch the drama, shout at them, and throw objects into the crowd. Uh, large numbers of empty cameras, bottles and boxes were left behind. Who cares? Don't care. Do not care. There's no hope, man. There's genuinely no hope. And there are young people as well, so none of them, none of them had their jag yet. None of them were vaccinated. Prime Minister said he'd hoped that people would take advantage of the beautiful weather to play sport or exercise, but warned people should still proceed with caution. They all look like they proceeded with caution straight to Morrison's for a 24 can of lager. God knows what's going to happen, man. God knows. But, uh, you know, either way, either way, lockdown is getting lifted and that can only be a good thing. can only be a good thing. But in the meantime, man, still be wear, wear your masks. Wear your masks and keep your fucking distance. And let's all, let's all, I think what we need is we all need a wee reminder. We all need a wee refresher. You know, like on and Instagram and Facebook when you can go on it shows you pictures for like six years ago and eight years ago it would be great if somehow we could go into our phones and it would show us like a, a, a highlight reel of the last 12 months of all the times when you were emotionally broken all the times when you were at the fucking edge when you missed your friends you missed your old life you didn't know how you were going to get through it all the fucking turmoil that you've been through if we could somehow watch like a three minute reel of all those clips and then at the end just like you know get all these shite inspirational messages that fuckers post every day it just comes up at the end saying we're not out the woods yet cunto <laughs> just clips of you fucking 
comfort eating, right? Standing on scales and fucking bawling your eyes out because the weight of your fat carcass because you're emotionally broken during COVID. And then it comes up saying, lockdown's lifted, book a haircut now. And then it just quickly flashes to, we're not at the woods yet, Kunto. So remember, we're not at the woods yet, Kunto. <laughs> oh, this episode's going to be a fucking disaster. But you know, you win some, you lose some. We've got Easter coming up. Um, I don't know if you've got eggs. I hope you have. Um, it's more of a... It's, it's, listen, it's like it's for the wains. It's like Christmas, you know? It's for the wains. Um, if, you, if you're out there buying your partner, your loved one, your other half, your sibling, your significant other, some exotic fancy egg for like 20, 30... I saw one on Amazon for £70. and almost died. I almost died. If you're spending that kind of money on an egg, you're a, you're a, you're a fuck nugget, right? It's for the wains, man. You know? The old Easter egg hunt, rolling an egg down a hill to symbolise the rolling of the stone when the, uh, you know, Jesus entered the uh, the cave of, uh, of, of of destiny. You know, uh, uh, you know, Spirit of the Sancto. Uh, mundo, mundum de ende. Um, you know. No... No, not a clue. As a uh, as a good Protestant boy, uh, as many <laughs> raised the Protestant way with no knowledge of Christianity whatsoever. Um, I I don't know the story of uh, Jesus. Don't know the story of Easter. Somehow we get an egg. Who knows? No idea. Wish I did. D- do I want to research it? Not one bit. I, I even pulled up an article about the uh, religious significance of Easter, I read two lines and I went, oh, in the name of God, it's boring. And it is. Maybe there are some Catholics amongst you who can enlighten me as to the uh, significance of uh, Easter and uh, the story of Jesus. But, uh, sticking with Easter, eight fun facts for you from the uh, the wonderful people Ideal Home. Never in my life, never in my life did I think we'd be reading an article from Ideal Home on this podcast. Jesus Christ almighty. Um, but eight facts, eight fun facts about Easter. Did I know you could get eight fun facts about Easter? No, I did not. Um, do I think these might just be eight facts and no fun? Yes, possibly. But let's read on. Um, number one, some of you may have, have questioned the um, you know where the egg comes from. Not the egg, you know, <laughs> the chicken or the egg. That's a that's a a spiritual question rather than Easter religious, you know. Uh, but why we have chocolate eggs? Well, fact number one for you. The UK's first chocolate egg uh, was made by Fries of Bristol in 1873. I do apologise for that, team. We, uh, I was interrupted by a sting. Uh, not not from a bee. Uh, from the podcast, I forgot to mute the, uh, the stings. <clears throat> and uh, I actually shat my pants. I actually... Uh, shattered my pants when that went off there. So that was, that was, uh, you know, that got the blood pressure up. Anyway, back to the fact. So UK's first chocolate egg was made by Fries of Bristol, nine, 1873. Now, I assume this is Fries, um, you know, Fries uh, mint cream. And the chocolate, the orange one, the one your mother used to send you to the van to get her, right? You would get, a, you know, like a sheriff's badge or a shiny 20. You'd go off, you'd a 10p mixture, and you had to get your mother a fries chocolate orange and uh, a caramac. You know? 
and uh, that kind of thing. So I, I assume it's those people. 1873, though. That, that seems like a bloody long time ago. I didn't you think that in the 1800s they would have been uh, kicking a bit with chocolate. You know? That's, ex- that's, that's exciting. That is a fact. That, hey, that's a fact. Fun? I don't know. Uh, before the introduction of the chocolate egg, people would make do with the hollow cardboard versions or a hand-painted boiled egg if they were lucky. If they were lucky. That is how difficult life was back then the the other side of the social coin from receiving a chocolate egg would have been to uh, make do with the hollow cardboard versions now a hollow cardboard egg what the fuck are they talking about or a hand-painted hard-boiled egg what did they eat it People were strange back then. Uh, fact number two, the average time for cracking into your first Easter egg is 11am on Easter Sunday morning. Right, so you, are you meant to keep your eggs? Is this like selection boxes? Are you meant to keep your Easter eggs until Easter Sunday? Because that just doesn't happen anymore. I imagine they, a lot of these religious festivals or things that are built on religion, they, they need to move with the time, man. They, don't, they need a rebranding. Pancake Day and all that, Shrove Tuesday, not a fucking clue, man. Not, And it just sneaks up on you. We don't even know fuck all about it. And then you turn the telly on and there's some arsehole on fucking the news at six going, are you going to make your pancakes tonight? Oh, and then name my fuck, it's Pancake Tuesday. I never knew you were meant to eat your eggs on Sunday. I thought you just, whenever you got an Easter egg, you fucking ate it. Partly not. The average time for cracking into your Easter egg is 11 a.m., Easter Sunday morning. Now, that's that's brunch. That's brunch time. Surely you're having Easter brunch, for God's sake. We're not cannibals. Do people crack the eggs? I've actually... I've had two Easter eggs so far. Uh, obviously, it's not Easter. Or is it? I don't know. I've enjoyed actually halving the egg. Uh, I'm seeing that quite a lot now with these, uh, you know, everyone's... Because they're fucking unemployed because of COVID. We lost our jobs. The people are starting... Uh, I was going to say online businesses. Facebook businesses. People are buying... Uh, and the cash and carry hunters are sweeties and they're putting sweeties into boxes and they're selling those boxes for uh, far too much money but uh, you know people seem to be buying them so fucking aren't you the idiot but I've seen a lot of uh, half eggs filled with uh, stuff and people people seem to be buying them I mean what it's telling me is you know there are people out there with too much money maybe you're one of those persons fact three uh, 43% of children admit to giving into temptation before the big day. What? Obviously. On less than half, less than, less than 50% of children say they give into temptation and eat their chocolate eggs before Easter Sunday. Try more like 100%. There isn't, there isn't a fucking child on this planet that giving an Easter egg is not going to try and eat that egg unless they've got some abusive fucking religious parents. You can't have that, Timothy, until Sunday at 11am when the angel Gabriel in Exodus rolled the stone away so Jesus, the Son of Christ, could be reborn and risen to save us all. Now put your eggs away. Fuck up. It says underneath this, we wonder how many adults can say the same. Exactly, because fucking Timothy and Vagina or Varunja, whatever the fuck two wee Christian names, Adam and Eve are getting papped to their bed, right, after fucking mental Christian mum and dad. They've not got a telly, you know? And they fucking weirdos. 
And they're sitting tanning the eggs, putting fucking mini eggs out each other's bum, sucking them out. Weirdos. I don't believe that for a minute. I'm going to make these facts up. Uh, fact four. Over 500 million Cadbury's creme eggs are made in a year. Not a, not a very interesting fact. If you were if you piled them all on top of each other, they'd be ten times higher than Mount Everest. Who cares? Maybe no, no, because they're smaller. The bastard Americans, they've made them smaller. Uh, fact five. The world's tallest chocolate Easter egg was unveiled in Italy on 16th April 2011. Uh, standing 10.39 metres tall and weighing 7,200 kilos. Jesus Christ. It was taller than a giraffe and heavier than an elephant. Um, again, uh, love the way we always use animals as measurements because people cannot understand just height. You know, we give you metres and then animals. Why can we not just give people measurements? How tall is the egg? It's just over 10 metres. Okay. And how heavy is it? It's about 7,200 kilograms. Thank you very much. I mean, is anybody going to pipe up and go, excuse me, my readers for the Daily Record in the Scottish Sun, they're not going to understand that. They need their measurements in animals. <laughs> what do you mean they don't understand it? Well, they don't know what ten, just over 10 metres is. Uh, right, well, it's bigger than a giraffe. Thank you very much. They'll, they'll understand that reference. And wait, please, sir. 7,200 kilograms. My, my readers of the Daily Record in the Scottish Sun don't know what a kilogram is unless it's Colombian margarine powder. Then they know what a kilo is. Heavier than an elephant. Okay, let me get this right. Taller than a giraffe, heavier than an elephant. Thank you very much. Uh, fact six. We're nearly there. Fact six. I'm, I regret doing this now. The origin of the crocodile finish you see on Easter eggs today. What? This traditional decorative design was originally designed to disguise minor imperfections that would otherwise be obvious on a smooth chocolate shell. Ah, oh, I see. Because some eggs will get wee fucking bobbly bumps. Crocodile finish. Right, okay. So it's been designed to disguise uh, any imperfections. Because I imagine the, the shite chocolate that Cadbury uses, you know, if they were to do a, a perfectly round egg, uh, a few, a few... I mean, no, nobody that I know, I could be wrong, nobody that I know has ever opened a chocolate egg and went, there is imperfections in the shell. Send it back. Either you eat it or, if you get harness, you get all your eggs together and you melt it and eat a big fuck-off bar of chocolate or you make uh, Rice crispy cakes, cornflake cakes. Nobody sent it back to the fish. Right, two to go, man. This was a mistake doing it. Seven, the world's most expensive edible Easter egg was made in 2006. It was created by La Maison du Chocolat and had over 100 half-carat diamonds encrusted at the shell. The price tag, a whopping 50 grand. Uh, what was the point? Uh, number eight, it's not all about eggs when it comes to Easter treats. Uh, chocolate bunnies are a seasonal favourite too, but how do you eat yours? According to a survey carried out by the National Confection Association, 76% of people eat the ears first, while only 4% start with the tail. Are you a top or are you indeed a bottom? There you go. Eight facts about Easter. Uh, all, all rubbish and uh, desperately regret uh, reading that article. But hey, get some eggs, man. Hope you get an egg. Hope you get an egg. You know, does it have imperfections? Are you going to melt it down? What are you going to do about sticking your face? Strike up your bum. Will you wait Easter Sunday? I don't even know when Easter Sunday is. It could have been, it could have passed. Could have missed it. I don't know. Don't know. Any religious people get in touch, man. 
Get in touch. Tell me when is Easter Sunday. Let's all let's all gather together. Six of us in a park, and uh, eat our eggs and talk about our love of Jesus Christ. Because you know that's what we should be doing this time. Fuck's sake. No doubt you all have seen the uh, the story of the the cargo ship stuck in the Suez Canal. Um, I I don't know. I don't, listen. I don't know. I don't know what's on that cargo ship. You know, I don't know if uh, I'm imagining right now it's uh, it's poo bags and uh, toilet roll because that's the things I can't seem to get in a fucking supermarket. Three shops I went to get fucking shite bags for the dug. So if one of these tankers is carrying poo bags. Get the fuck to Scotland now. I'm going. I'm going to say myself. I'm going to need to go on Amazon again. But then they'll probably send it with shipping containers as well. So I'm I'm fucked. Um. This uh, this article that I have here. Uh, although I'm just reading now. Can I actually? Oh no, I can't. Um. Apparently, this is going to explain to the situation because uh, I I don't I watched an article on the or I saw a wee bit on the news and it was talking about they had a New York Times correspondent for the Suez Canal and I thought there literally is a job for everybody. There's literally a job for everybody. If you're a journalist, I imagine working for the New York Times is probably a, a respectable uh, publisher, right? A respectable paper, okay? You know, if you say, for example, you're a journalist or one of the shitey UK tabloids, I'd be like, you're a fucking bastard. But if you went, I'm actually a journalist for New York Times, I'd go, oh my God, you're, you actually are a journalist. But then to be given the position of the Suez Canal correspondent, you'd be like, what? And then all of a sudden there's a blockage in the Suez Canal that's your time to shine. So the woman was saying, uh, it was on 300 ships apparently held up, either end of the blockage. But they can't just let them blast through because the canal's no meant to deal with the volume of ships passing at that, that time. So there's going to be further delays. Um, let's see if this can give us any explanation. The 400-metre-long container vessel MV Evergiven uh, was finally freed six days after it completely blocked Egypt's Suez Canal. It took rigorous efforts to refloat the massive cargo ship more than double the size of, of the state of... What? More than double the size of the Statue of Unity. Uh, but if, if you don't tell us what it is in giraffes and elephants, we've not got a fucking clue at all. But, uh, it got diagonally stuck um, on the all-important 183-kilometer narrow waterway. Uh, the accident first happened on March 23rd. On Monday, the world breathed a sigh of relief. The world breathed a sigh of relief. When salvage authorities finally managed to free the 2.2... L-A-K-H ton stranded ship don't know what that means again if you're not going to tell us in elephants and giraffes we've not got a clue uh, which have brought major uh, portion of the world's seaborne trade to a standstill and led to a massive disruption of global supply chains uh, it is worth mentioning the Suez Canal is one of the world's busiest shipping channels for oil and refined fuels, grain and other trade linking east to west. The Suez Canal blockage roughly cost twelve roughly cost twelve percent of global trade and was holding up trade valued at over nine billion US dollars per day, according to the data from the Lloyd's list. This is according to four hundred million dollars worth of trade per hour or six point seven million dollars per minute. Fuck me. Since the Japanese-owned ship... Oh, it's the Japanese. Jesus, since the Japanese-owned ship 
Uh, it had blocked the narrow canal for 60 days. Total trade loss has been estimated at roughly 54 billion. In the name of fuck. I mean, can you can you imagine your your luck if you are? Because there's gonna be there's gonna be some amount of shite on that fucking on these cargo ships that'll just need to get fucking flung in the bin. Imagine, imagine if you you're off, you're off, right? You you fleeing a, a war a war torn country in the east, right? You're uh, you're a slave to the Saudis. They've got you building fucking football pitches, right? You've lost, you've lost almost every male member of your family to build a fucking stadium, and you you get wind of a breakout happening, and you've got to get yourself into the docks at midnight. You sneak into a, a, a shipping container, and you're off, you know. And you're saying, "I'm going to start a new life in the West. I'm going to go. I'm going to open a bakery. I'm going to open a bakery. I'm going to." I'm going to I'm going to make bread from the mother country and I'm going to sell it in the land of America. And then you get fucking stuck in the Suez Canal for a week. <laughs> fucking hell. It, it's mad that ships will pass this on a daily basis. You know, every day of the fucking calendar year, ships in and out of the Suez Canal we're obviously aware of it, we heard of it, we don't really know the importance of it. And you think a blockage that can happen for, what, less than a week, really, almost a week, by the time maybe it's, it's moving back on again. And it can cause a, a disruption of a loss of $54 billion worth of trade in a week. That is insanity. Absolute insanity. $54 billion. Some of the Some of the pictures... Of these cargo ships. I mean, you know, I'm going to sound like a complete moron here, and I really don't care. I have no idea how these things even remain afloat. It would be fucking terrifying. It's mad to think that at any one time, thousands of these things are currently going across our seas. I mean, if if everything that's happened in the last year, we've we've never really had the discussion of what we consume. There's never really been a discussion. The uh, the the message that's coming from from both governments, Westminster and Hollywood, is once we are back to normal, get out there and spend. That's the message. Get out and spend. Bye bye bye. Sell sell sell. Get out there and spend, man. Go for dinners. Go on holidays. Buy stuff. You know, get the economy moving. There's never really been a discussion on how much we're consuming or a discussion on. When the world as a whole goes back to normal, maybe we need to look at, you know, maybe we need to start looking at the trade that we do. Maybe we need to start looking at where we move things from. I still get absolutely, you know, alarmed when you go to some supermarkets and you see, see things like, uh, the only one I can really remember is from the last time, was the green beans. I know, eating green beans. And uh, it said produce, uh, produce from Kenya. No. I imagine the uh, the Kenyans are very much reliant on the uh, Leith Tesco taking their green beans. But, do we really need to be fucking shipping green beans for Kenya? So fuckers can have a Thai curry in Edinburgh? Maybe no. Maybe we need to start thinking about just the volume of trade that goes around the world. The impact on that. 
even all these the climate change activists and the things that we discussed, we, we never actually talk about the kind of the volume of of trade that moves, you know, moves in the shadows. We don't even see it. We don't even see it. Again, what what I feel is I feel as if I start a lot of, of talking points in this podcast, and I never really actually answer any of them or have any <laughs> solutions to the problem. All I'm saying, I could be a great politician, man. That's what they do. They just start hangs and never finish it. I think we need to look at the amount of trade, and let's start with the Kenyan green bean. Say no to the Kenyan green bean. Come on, sign up to my fucking GoFundMe page. No to the Kenyan green bean. <laughs> Do we have a Scottish green bean? If not, we'll fucking make something else in our Thai curries. Oh, uh, this this episode is going to be a right bastard to edit. Let me tell you that. Jesus wept. Right, let's finish off, man. Let's finish off with a new story. Um, and let's just get this one wrapped up. This started off. I started off with high hopes for this episode, and then what's happened is I've allowed my I've allowed my anger and the aggression to just fucking consume me. But anyway, uh, lovely little wholesome um, story to finish off with. Um, woman makes $4,000 a month selling videos of herself farting. Now, let's just pause for a moment and allow that information to sink in. $4,000 a month, a month, for selling videos of herself farting. And here is me. Here is I. You're old da. You know, skint. And little did I know I had a whole economy passing through my body on an hourly basis. Four thousand dollars dollars a month for videos of herself farting. No doing anything else. No putting things up her bum, no dressing up sexy, not none of that. Just videos of herself farting. Now, let me say this, maybe not to you directly, dear listener, but there might be somebody out there needs to hear it. If you are a person who is turned on, you know, sexually charged, enjoys these farting videos, let me tell you, the fucking content I could provide you with would literally blow your bloody socks off. Even my, even my, my good ladies, prone to a good fart every now and again. Listen, it's natural. You know, my wee granny used to say, if you don't let it out, you'll explode. And she was right. That's a well-known medical fact, I would imagine. You know, you consult any GP. If you don't release your farts, there is a high chance you will explode. You know? Now, I'll also, I'll go off on a slight tangent here. I am 36 years of age. I hope there is never a time in my life where I don't find a fart funny. I don't think there's anything better than a well-timed fart. And here is, here's the beauty of a fart, right? Here is the beauty of a fart. We watched a programme the other night. There was two boys on it, right? Two friends, two lads, two gents, you know? And they were having a conversation and, and he led them into a conversation of, of safety, you know, and saying that, you know, he's his good friend and he values working with them. And then he farted on them. Now, two things. One, hilarious, hilarious, right? But two, and here's the most important thing to, to take from it. He had no idea how that fart was going to be. No idea. That's the joy of a fart. You've no idea. 
There's been times in our life, all of us, myself included, where you have felt a fart brew. We all know that feeling. It's like a backdraft. You know, it's a small suction of air. You feel your, your anus tighten and you think, in the name of God, I'm going to blow. And then you fart. Now, before that fart leaves your sphincter, you've no idea what it's going to be. You've no idea. It could be a beautiful, loud, noisy, comical fart. Or it could be a wee gassy number. You know, a wee tss, no, no sound whatsoever. You just feel the heat in your... <laughs> you just feel the heat vapour fill your pants. You know? And you quickly try and divert anyone's attention in the vicinity to try and deflect from you. But that that's the, that's the real beauty of a fart. You don't know what it's going to be. So when things like that happen, it makes it even more spectacular because you commit to it and then when you get a nice loud, you know, nothing better, nothing better. Now, would I pay money to watch someone fart? No. But listen, there's, there's something for everything, you know, and if she's making four grand a month out of it, in the name of fuck, she must be doing all right. Uh, the article says, Emma Martin, 48, an old farter as well. <laughs> uh, former travel agent, I don't know what, why that's in there, has been uh, flatulence calming since 1999 and now charges 4 uh a month for people to view her uh, exclusively bottom burping content. Uh, this this feels like OnlyFans here. Her, her diet is specifically designed to help her perform. With Emma saying, I eat a lot of salad, asparagus and avocados. I also eat lots of Mexican food. Do, do salad make you fart? I wouldn't think so. I don't imagine any of these fucking wee scrawny types know what a fart is. Salad, asparagus and avocados. Surely if you're going to, if you want a powerful fart, you're going to have to go down the uh, red meat and carbs. Carbonated drinks, junk food, carbs. That's what's going to brew the best farts. Surely. Uh, one of my favourites is coleslaw and baked beans mixed together. I eat that a lot too. This is just getting weird. And also, I, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a bold statement here. I don't think that whole myth of beans make you fart. I think that's nonsense. Let me just throw it out there. Uh, the devoted mum. Again, don't even know that she's a mum. Not to do with this story. Uh, from South Carolina, is careful to only record her videos when her family aren't in the house. I mean, why? I mean. Where are we going with this here? She continued, my husband knows, but he's not into farts at all. I mean, who's into farts, man? You know, I'm into them for the comedy sense, but I'm not I'm not going to sit and go, listen, I really just want you to fart on me. It's not going to happen. That, now, listen, this, this could have just been a story of, hey, this woman sells fart videos. Some people really want to watch fart videos. You know, we're bringing two worlds together and we're profiting from it. Now it's taking a twist. But making this a bit weird. My husband knows, but he's not into farts at all. No one else in my family knows. I don't think they would approve because I'm a grown woman and a mother. But I'm now doing an article for a major corporation and I'm putting all the pictures of my face up so I can't really be that fucking worried about it, can I? Emma uh, primarily uses OnlyFans website, obviously, with the username. I mean, do I really want to give your username? Uh, fartin, fartin tart. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, fart and tart is her uh, is her username. Uh, the the writer of this article even put classic in brackets. Exactly. 
Uh, but she also sells custom-made videos to her more dedicated followers. Uh, you can pay upwards of $7 a minute for a fart clip. Good lord. Emma currently has about 300 subscribers uh, on OnlyFans netting $2,400 from the site each month. She then makes an extra 1800 from custom videos. I, I, feel as if Emma's, uh, I feel as if Emma might be stretching her numbers here a little. I feel as if Emma's found her niche. I feel as if maybe Emma has started to earn a bit of cash. And because this is a weird fucking story, um, she spun this out in the desperate attempt to try and get more followers. That's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm feeling here. Um, she said, when I first heard about fart fetishes, I was like, oh, well, yeah, that can't be a fetish. But then I got into it. It's kind of cool. It's a well-hidden secret fetish. Is it? Is farting, is farting a fetish? Because if it is, you'd fucking shoot your load in this house. <laughs> <laughs> if farting is a fetish I'd have people fucking rolling about my flair in orgasmic bliss within 10 minutes <laughs> maybe I should rent my spare room out to some fart fetish you could just lie in here and I'll just walk out my house farting as I normally do you'll be in a state of fucking ecstasy be like, oh my god that was a big watery one Oh, Emma, listen, let me just say this. I am all for people um, expressing themselves, using their sexuality, exploring their kinks. I'm certainly all for, you know, um, I think anybody who has an OnlyFans who started that kind of thing, good for you. Uh, you know, it's hard work. It's like any other kind of form of artistic expression. It takes time. It takes graft. It's a job. People don't just, you don't just fire up a picture of your arsehole and you'll get fucking £2 million a week. Although that's what... Social media wants you to believe. Um, and if this woman can post herself farting and get, you know, four grand a month, fair fucks to her. But I do think she's a little bit renal. Just for what I'm reading here, you know. Because let's be honest, see if I was making four grand a month, $4,000, right? Which is what, three, two, just under three grand, right? A month from farting. I would be keeping that shit to myself. Because I guarantee you, Miss Emma, you're, you're probably, I bet your farts are neat. They really cut the mustard compared to some farts out there. I'd be keeping that quiet, man. I'd be keeping that to myself. You know? Good God, man. I'd be a millionaire. Fucking some of my rappers. Um, she claims most of her fan base fall into two social groups. Half are white-collar professionals looking for custom videos uh, where I'll say their names and do things they're too embarrassed to ask their wives for. What does that mean? What does that mean, Emma? Because this now feels as if it's taking a, it's taking a turn away for the farting. You know? Um, I'm starting to think maybe you just farted once on uh, in a video and you just tell your husband that it's farting stuff. Let's see, you actually did that OnlyFans. It's, uh, it's fart videos, Franco. I, uh, I wait to use it all out the house, obviously. I don't do it when the wind's and that here and you, you know. And then I get in the back room and I eat uh, half a tub of coleslaw and baked beans and then I just fucking fart my box out. And uh, I just post the videos online. All oh, right, it's just because I went in the back office and there's like a fucking sex swing and there's dildos and all that. Oh, no, that's just, uh, just in the background, you know, just had a bit of ambiance. It's just farting and all that. Ain't uh, nothing to worry about. Emma, Emma, Emma. Um, she's, she went on to say, I was surprised by the warm reception. Possibly trying to do some kind of uh, fart pun there. 
Uh, people will say stuff like, I can't believe you're still making content and you're an OG. Part of the reasons I've moved from live cam shows to producing video content is because of COVID. What does COVID have to do with farting? Absolutely no idea. There you go. Uh, if any's are into, into farting or want to check it out, uh, fart and tart. Fart and tart is, uh, is Emma. You know, go and, go and give her some love over there. I mean, if that's all it takes, you know, Get the iPhone set up, and I'll fucking let her rip. <laughs> Want me to say your name? I'll say your name, mate. Thank you. <laughs> oh, God almighty. Right, episode 75, done. What a strange episode, man. What a strange, strange episode indeed. I mean, if you're still listening, if you're, listen, if you're still listening at this point, give yourself a pat in the back. Go and treat yourself, Right? Go and get a wee McDonald's breakfast or a fucking muffin somewhere. You know, a wee artisan donut. Treat yourself, man. Because this has been, this is, you know, I'll say it. This has been a, it's been an odd one. It's been an odd one. But I hope you enjoyed it. 75. Right, uh, back again next Wednesday. Uh, Patreon episodes out on a Sunday, Sunday service. If you want to support the show and become a member of the Padreon, uh, you can sign up for as little as £4 a month. Uh, you will get an extra podcast every single week called The Sunday Service. You'll also get access to all of the special content, including all of my comedy albums that are available for Patreons. And the way you sign up is at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Or go to bigscottgibson.com. All the links are on there. Quizzing on a Wednesday night. Uh, back again next week. Like and subscribe. Leave a comment. And uh, share it in your socials. Let's build the numbers. Until then, team, stay safe. Look after yourself. Wash your hands. And your asshole. And I'll hopefully see you on a battlefield very soon. Almost. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.